Welcome to the Word Bible Study with Pastor Dan. Yeah, and I'm excited for everyone who decided to have a Bible study with me today. Well, apparently the devil does not like our podcast very much. But greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. So our live recording of the Bible study was corrupted. So I'm missing the first half of the Bible study. So I'm going to do a quick overview of it. Let you guys know what you're missing. And then we're going to pick up with the live Bible study right where we have left off. So, I began by reading the scriptures, Matthew 7, 15 through 29, which deal with Christ's teaching on false prophets and also on true disciples. And there's a reason why I began teaching on the fruit of the Spirit before we got into the gifts of the Spirit, because the gifts of the Spirit should grow out of the fruit of the Spirit. And we should know them that labor among us, and we should identify them by their fruit. So I should be able to know the people who are working in the gifts of the Spirit in my life, and I should identify them by the fruit of the Spirit growing in their lives, if they've got love and joy and peace and long-suffering. And again, in Matthew, it talks about building a foundation on Christ. That all of his teachings are what we should be living by. And that's what's going to produce the fruit and the gifts of the Spirit in our lives. We also went to Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 through 16. Where we read about the gifts of the Spirit that are bestowed on the church by God, the Holy Spirit. And how they're placed in the church's so that we can edify the body, which is the church. So the gifts of the Spirit are for the benefit of the church. In Ephesians, it gives us a short list of some of the gifts that are handed out to the church. They are the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And all of these positions are gifts of the Spirit, they're given to the believers who are filled with the Holy Ghost for the edifying of the church. I then went into Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where we were talking about more spiritual gifts and regarding our questions about these abilities. And Paul says that he did not want us to misunderstand this. And that he did not want us to be like the pagans and be led away and swept away into worshiping speechless idols. So that was very important that we are wise about these gifts and that we allow the Holy Spirit to help lead and guide us. So let's pick up where we left off, starting in verse number three in the live Bible study. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. So if it's the real Spirit of God, if it's not a fake spirit or a false God, it will not curse Jesus. It will not be contrary to the Word of God. It won't be contrary to your Bible. 
And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does this work in all of us. A a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. So spiritual gifts are not given so that we can feel better about ourselves, so that we can feel like we're closer to God. None of that is why they're given. They're given so that we can help others. To one person, now he's going to go through a list of the actual gifts of the Spirit. Now, before we get into this, I want to point out the fact that Corinthians was written to who? Who was Corinthians written to? Corinth. The church in Corinth. So this was written to a church. It was written to believers who had already spoken tongues and received the gift of the Holy Ghost. All right? So when we get into these gifts of the Spirit, we're not, gonna, we're not talking about the initial infilling of the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm actually, after we get done with the Bible study me and Brandon are about to do, the, God was just putting it together for me. I'm going to do a whole Bible study on tongues. We're going to talk about the different types of tongues. We're going to talk about the power of the tongue. We're going to talk all about the tongue after we get done with the more important things. But the Spirit gives the person the ability to give wise advice. This is one of the gifts of the Spirit. The gift of wise advice comes from the Spirit. Now, there are times that I give people good advice. It has nothing to do with anything. Guess what? Go to Discount Tire. They got a good deal on tires. That's not, that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about one of those times where you get the spirit on you and you know something that you know. Like my mom telling Russ about this whole job thing. There's a whole long story behind all of that. That was a gift of the word of knowledge. Mom knew it was from God when it was happening. He knew it was coming from God when it was accepted. Again, because it's the same spirit that works in us all. So when you're getting a word... You should have already, you should know. You should know inside. It should be in confirmation with your Holy Ghost. So to another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. Now this is different from wise advice. A gift of special knowledge. This has been like when ministers have come to people and told people, your wife's cheating on you. And it was no way for them to know that. But it was a gift of special knowledge. It was to help edify the church. It was to keep people on the right track for our own good. So God gives these abilities to help us in our own personal lives. The same spirit gives great faith to another. Now this is a gift of the spirit. I felt this gift reproduce in my life a few months ago. Where all of a sudden I was like, wow, my faith is strong. I was about ready to walk in hospitals and lay hands on people. I'm like, I believe what this Bible says. And it was a gift from the Spirit. And if we all have a measure of faith, this is something else. This is that gift of faith where you, you walk on the promises of God knowing what you know. It's a gift. 
And to someone else, the Spirit gives the gift of healing. Now, this is the most popular one. We hear all about this. Blind eyes open, ears touched. Yes, and it's important to the body of the church. We do believe in miraculous healing. We should always believe in miraculous healing. We should pray. We should seek for it. We should search out people who have this gift. These are important for our, for our church body. Does that mean I should be running out to other places that have healing services? Maybe. There is some faith that works. God's still God, right? I've talked about His Word being true. So His Word will always be true. But these are the gifts that should be working inside of our church. There should be somebody in our church who works in the gifts of healing. And if, and if you know churches get shaken up, people come and go, sometimes God has to move things around. But he's always producing these in our church. Provision is in the battlefield. When our church needs something, God produces it. So if somebody is part of our church who is, works heavily in the gift of prophecy, like my Uncle Ray, worked heavy in the gift of prophecy, he passed away, you almost felt something in the spirit realm. And immediately I, I felt and I've seen other people start working in these gifts immediately afterwards. Because it's the same spirit, it's the same body, and it's not about the individual. But God does want these working in his body. And we need to have faith in that as well. For when somebody is brought up in the church and they're given this special gift in the church, we shouldn't be speaking against them and not believing in them and acting like that. that oh, well, that God's not going to use them to do that. No, God will use anybody to do it because it's not about the person. But God wants this in his church. So we should know somebody, God should raise up somebody in our church who has a gift of healing. We should be praying for that. We should be expecting that. We should be watching for that. And when it happens, we should support it. We should, we should encourage that person to work in that gift. God, you know, Raymond, my cousin, yeah, it benefits the whole body. My cousin Raymond was just telling me about God was showing him some things and God was showing him about, gave him a vision. And in the vision, he, he looked down at his feet and he was standing in like a desert. And the wind blew and he saw a coin in the sand. And God was showing him that in the church right now, the spirit of God is blowing across the churches. And it's uncovering spiritual gifts, the treasures of the church. And we've been seeing that happen in the last couple of weeks. People who didn't prophesy before have been prophesying in our church. People who didn't have a gift of faith have been having the gift of faith in our church. People who didn't teach before are teaching next week. <laughs> These All the way around the board, pastors are rising up. Evangelists are rising up. God's calling these people home. This is God. COVID tried to take his church out. It ain't going to work. God will rise up a new church because he's the one who works this spirit in his body. He's the one who wants a healer in the house, not just us. So when I pray that God gives someone the ability to heal in our church, I'm not praying to miss. I'm praying in the word of God. This is what he wants for his body. Man, that's good. He gives one person the power to perform miracles. A little bit different than healing. This is miracles. And your car is going to be full of gas on the way home. Your car is full of gas. What is that? That's a miracle worker. This is another form that should be in the church. 
Why, why does God want a miracle worker? Elijah was a miracle worker. Some of the things he did was silly. The one guy's axe head fell in the lake. He's like, man, I borrowed that axe head. He was like, all right, I'll get it back. Threw a stick in it and it floated up to the top. Well, that was a miracle. What was it for? Was the axe really important? No, but God cares about his people. He's a good God and he loves you and he wants good things for your life. So he's going to put people in his church that work miracles, that have healing power, that can prophesy, that can give you good advice. And all of these things should be bubbling out of the fruit. They all should be coming out of love. Someone comes up to me and tells me they're going to pray for me for healing and I don't think they love me, then that healing's probably not going to happen. Because I'm going to have a hard time putting my faith behind that if I really don't believe in that person. But if someone comes up to me like Jesus you did with compassion and feeling your pain and being a part of you and saying out of love, I care for you. That's when you can partner with that person. You can believe in that miracle. And that's when the word of God starts coming to life in people's life. But it, it all comes out of love. If someone comes up to me and tells me, hey, Dan, God's going to give you $100 tomorrow. I'm like, Praise the Lord. I don't even like that guy. Like, he don't like me. I'm not going to accept that. But now if my pastor comes up to me and says, hey, Dan, God's going to, and he, he's done this. Hey, Dan, God's going to do something big in your life. I believe it because he loves me. He, has, he cares about my interests. And he's not going to say something to get my hopes up to watch me fail. But he's speaking into my life what he knows and what he understands to help me grow and become who God wants me to be. So he gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. That's important as well. We, we have people who prophesy but we have prophecies that can come from the spiritual realm that doesn't mean they're from God. Satan's been around the world for a long time. He's learned man's characteristics and actions for a long time. He doesn't base his knowledge on the future because he doesn't know the future. He based his knowledge on the past based on what you've done. And you realize that too. Like you, you start to notice that when people prophesy things. Like how many people talk to the dead? That, ooh, real impressive. You can find half of that in a Google search. But God doesn't talk about the past. He predicts the future. That's the difference between him and the devil. He doesn't, he doesn't make an educated guess based on the facts or the past. He tells you what's going to happen in the future. And he does it for a reason to proclaim that he is God. So in, in, the, in the case of prophecy, when people are prophesying into our life, God's also going to put somebody in the church to judge whether that prophecy is from God or whether that's from the world. And that's important as well. A prophet should have someone he holds himself accountable to. If I feel like God's telling me something to prophesy into somebody's life, the first thing I'm going to do is call my pastor and run it by him first because he's going to check whether that spirit's from God or whether that's just, man, you know what, Dan, you really like that person, so maybe you just really wanted that to happen. But I really don't feel like that's God telling you that. It could be. I love, I love everybody in this room, 
and in my groups and the people that I come in contact with. So I may say, Brandon, God's going to give you a brand new house next week because I want God to give him a brand new house next week. That doesn't necessarily mean it's from God. And what if the devil's tricking me into saying something to his life that might harm him in the long run? Because the devil says, oh, yeah, go tell Brandon's going to get that house. And then Brandon goes and loses money on the house. <laughs> and it's not, I wouldn't tell him, hey, God told me to tell you that. Do that, Brandon. Because then I'm using God's name in vain when that's not what God wanted. So I would go to my pastor and say, pastor, I don't know why. But for some weird reason, God keeps telling me to tell Brandon God's going to give him a house. And then the pastor's going to confirm whether that's not the pizza I ate last night or the Holy Spirit. Because the pastor will, will check his spirit. And if God says, yep, that's me knocking, then he'll give me the go ahead and the spirit is subject to the prophet. You should never be overwhelmed by your spirit. That's not, that's not how God works it. He gives us these tools for us to use, not for us to be used by. My prophecy shouldn't overwhelm me and make me do things I didn't want to do. That's not how it works. If that's the case, that's not from God. God's a gentleman. He's gentle and humble. He doesn't force us to do things. He allows us to partner with him and work with him. But I can hear a word from God. I ain't got to hurry up and spit it out of my mouth super quick. Sometimes that's not good either. God may give you a word for someone that they don't need to hear for two weeks. He might be preparing them and want you to pray about it and make sure you, you and them are in the right place before you deliver that message to them. But if you don't and you run over there, well, hey, God told me this. I got to hurry up. Come on one second. Hey, God just told me. That spirit is subject to you. You can hold on to things. You can verify things. You can check things. And you can make sure that what you're doing is coming out of love and it's going to unify them. It's going to help them become a better Christian. Amen. Still another person, he is given the ability to speak in unknown languages. He gives people the ability to connect with people on a level that gets them to understand things. Now, I'm not saying that he doesn't give us the ability to speak French, because he has in the Bible. And this is true. We, we heard about it on the day of Pentecost. It's happened several times throughout history. Where someone didn't know how to speak German, and then God blessed them with the ability to speak German. They went to Germany, and they won souls for him. So that does happen as well. But it's also the ability to speak in unknown languages. This is the ability to speak into people's lives in ways that are unknown. So I may, someone may say something to me that doesn't, wouldn't make sense to anybody else in the room. And it would make sense to me in the spirit because I'm in the same spirit they're in and it connects. So there is this ability that comes from the spirit. While another one is given the ability to interpret what is said. Now, that's another gift of the Spirit that we see work in our churches, and it should continue to work in the church. We see, we see tongues and interpretation in our church. And again, if people who do tongues and interpretation leave a church, God will raise another one. Because it ain't about the person that is allowed to stand up and speak in the church. It's not what it's about. The reason why usually churches you'll see one person who does the tongues and interpretation almost every week is because we should know them that labor among us. So the pastor knows that prophet. He understands that prophet. And since the spirit subject and it's all the same spirit, several people might actually get that interpretation of that tongues. But this man is a prophet approved by the body 
and given the, the authority to stand up and speak that message over the body. So that's important. Again, part of the body. It is one and only, it is the one and only Spirit who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides each gift each person should have. The human body has many parts. So now he's going to go into the human body part of this. And again, he made it very clear that the body is the church. So when we're reading this whole section about the unity in the body, let's keep in mind that it is talking about the church. He's not talking about just you and your friends. He's talking about the church. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is the body of Christ. Some of us were Jews. Some were Gentiles. It's a, it must be an important time right now. Everybody's getting phone calls. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the Holy Spirit telling us we should end this Bible study soon. <laughs> but so some of us are Jews. Some of us are Gentiles. Some of us are slaves. And some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit and all sh share that same spirit. So again... None of these abilities were written to people who haven't been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. He's writing to people who have been baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. Then the gifts of the Spirit should be working in your life. Nobody should be able to come up and prophesy to you who hasn't been filled with the Holy Ghost. It doesn't make any sense. It's the same Spirit that should be working these gifts. And if we're wanting to work in these gifts... We should be seeking baptism in Holy Spirit. We should be getting filled with the Holy Ghost if we want to work in the gifts. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. And if the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not the head, it does not make it any less part of the body. So if people aren't happy with their position in the church, it doesn't kick them out of the church. They're still part of the church. But they're still going to be what God's called them to be because he needs a foot. He needs a hand. He needs ears. He needs eyes. He needs all of these parts working together. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not the eye, does that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? And if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? If everybody in the church is a prophet, how does that help the church? If everybody in the church has healing power, how does, it, how does it help the church? In fact, we should be seeking all of these. Which also means, if there's somebody in our church who's prophesying, I shouldn't be seeking in the gifts of prophecy. Because that department is filled. We don't need it. It's not lacking. Now, if he's getting older, and he's about to pass away, then maybe I should start practicing. <laughs> but... <laughs> But my point is, is that if there's somebody in these roles, we shouldn't be getting jealous and fighting against them. We should be working together in unity. And the parts we regard as less honorable are actually the most necessary. Some of the parts of the body may seem weakest and least important. They're actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are the ones that we clothe with the greatest care. 
So we carefully protect these parts of our body that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts are not required this special care. Now, some of, the, some of these gifts of the Spirit are more elaborate and shiny and bright and everybody talks about. But again, those are not the ones that are the most important. The most important gifts are the ones that are covered up in the body. Those are the most important part. Our heart is under our ribcage for a reason. It's the most important part of our body. And again, love is the most important part of the body. It's covered up. It doesn't get seen. No one talks about when you brought that little old lady a box of cookies. No one cares about when you stopped in the rain and helped that lady change her tire. None of that stuff gets talked about. We don't have TV shows about that. We have TV shows about miracles and blessings and faith and all that. But it's the more important parts of the body that matter the most. Love matters the most. So God has put the body together with extra honor and care and are given those parts that have less dignity. So again, the parts that nobody sees and nobody talks about are the parts that God is making work together for the body. Someone who's uplifting to somebody when they need it. Someone who's encouraging. Someone who creates faith and joy. Those are things that are very valuable in the church even though they're covered up and they're not talked about a lot. This makes for harmony among the believers so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. So here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First apostles, second prophet, third teachers, then those who do miracles. So again, he's listing some of the ones that were already listed in Ephesians. Apostles, prophets, teachers, those who do miracles. Then he goes on to list those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, and those who speak in unknown languages. So are we all apostles? No. Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power of miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. But God gives everybody these members for the completion of the body. So even though we're not all in that one field, every church should have all of that working inside of it. So what Corinthians pointed out here was that there is a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, faith, healing, prophecy and prophets, tongues, interpretation of tongues, apostles, teachers, deeds of power, forms of assistance, and forms of leadership. These are all gifts of the Spirit and part of the body and the church and how we should be performing until Christ comes. So, we talked about all that. This kind of concludes the gifts of the Spirit. And there's a reason as well why Corinthians 12, which is the gifts of the Spirit, which we just read, goes right before Corinthians 13. 
And if we read the end, will you pull up Corinthians 12 for me real quick? So we were just reading through Corinthians. We stopped at verse 30, which I should have kept going. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now, let me show you a way of life that is better than all of this. So that's where he ends Corinthians 12, which is what we were just reading. We read all about this miraculous prophecy, power, miracles, all of this. And then he says at the end, but let me show you something that's better than all of it. And that's what me and Brandon are going to be diving into next week. And we're going to tear it apart. And I'll give you a little hint. It's love. Love is the thing that is greater than all of it. The very next chapter we're going to kick off next weekend is in Corinthians 13, which is known as the love chapter. Now, I told Brandon, we were talking about it, and I asked him if he felt comfortable teaching. He told me he did. I was so excited. So I told him, I said, well, next, God's leading me into love. I said, so start looking into love. Brandon came back the next week and was like, oh, my gosh, Dan. He's like, he gave me like the most in-depth topic there is. And I was like, I know, but it's so big and it's such a part of our life. And then the following week he came back and was like, man, my life has been so much different since I've been studying into this. There's a reason why Paul says it's more important than, than performing miracles, than healing the sick. How can that be more important than healing the sick? We're going to dive into it next week and we're going, to, we're going to find out all about love and how powerful and how important it is to the body and to our own lives. So, let's end in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, touch our hearts and minds, God. Allow your word to be a foundation that we can build on, God. That we'll continue the works of the gifts of the Spirit in our body and believing, God. And that we can have these as signs to the unbelievers to draw them to you, God. We worship you. We thank you for all your power and might. And in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.